Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning, friends. It's Crowley and Doran, and it's 5.02, so 38 minutes before we usually go on. The music is loud. Why? Because we are experiencing significant technical difficulties. Austin Bechtold trying to figure it out with our engineer, and so something has to go on the air. And that something is us, baby. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe this isn't smart, because maybe we'll shoot our final you-know-what before the show even begins. Probably. But we can eat some innings here. Right. Innings eaters. I won a parlay last night. Ah, you told me. Mm -hmm. I lost one by three yards. No. Yeah, of course. What happened? Darius Slayton didn't get his over yards, and I... Everything else hit by a lot. I had Christian McCaffrey scoring a touchdown. That was a gimme. Um, I had Debo Samuel over, like, 50 yards receiving, he had like 150. Oh. I had Christian McCaffrey over rushing yards. He had over, I think, oh no, he had like 90. Or I had him over 79 rushing yards. He had like 90. Mm. And I had one more in there. Oh, Kittle over 40 yards receiving. He had like 90. Everything else smashed. Oh, man. And Darius Slayton couldn't get like three yards. Of course. Darius Slayton. Yeah. What did you need him to do? I needed him to get, I think, like... Plus, or 35 plus yards. Oh, and he got 32. Yeah. Oh, no. No. Yeah, would have won like 700 bucks. I saw before the Steelers game that Donnie Football tweeted out, plus 800 for a Steelers defensive touchdown, and then I didn't bet it. I wanted to, and my ADD took over, and I think I wound up just going and looking at my weather app and then seeing how many steps I got in for the day. And before you know it, the game kicks off, Mm -hmm. and they score not one but two defensive touchdowns. So I did not want this to happen to me yesterday. And yesterday, somebody tweeted out that the 49ers, in games that Brock Purdy started in the regular season, it was like six straight 30-plus point performances. So I did a same-game parlay of the 49ers money line, which was like minus 495 or something, and I parlayed that with the 49ers over 29 and a half. Oh, yeah. And they got to 30. 30, right, yeah. 30 on the nuts, Doran. There you go. It's almost like these Vegas folks know what they're doing. I mean, that game, you just... I didn't watch a second of it either. I watched the first half and I fell asleep. But, like, that was a game that, like, if you were betting this year, that was the easiest game, I think, to bet. Because the spread was 10. So, if you bet the spread, like, you, there was no way the Giants were coming close to put, no. to being the 49ers. No way. At at um, 
almost called it Candlestick, Levi Stadium. Levi. I actually played in both. I played in Candlestick and Levi. Candlestick was weird. Yeah, it was. The lights went out there. It was bad. Lights went out that year. The Steelers lost to Tebow in the playoffs. Where Ben Ben was a statue in that game, and they just teed off, teed off, teed off, teed off. That's why everyone not Tebow. Te- so that was the year that they lost to Tebow in the playoffs. Oh, okay. I just refer to it as the oh. Tebow year. I might as well go on a tangent because what's the point? I'm going to ask you more about Candlestick in a second. But everyone was pissed about that Tebow loss, and you should have been. You should have been. That was one of the most embarrassing losses in Steelers history. And Tim Tebow completed what ten passes for 316 yards. So 31.6 yards of completion or something like that. And everyone was all all upset. And in a vacuum, that loss was brutal. But they weren't going to do anything that year. Ben couldn't move. They were going to play either the Patriots or the Ravens the next week. I would much rather have lost to the Broncos and that guy than have to lose again to the Patriots or lose for the first time in the playoffs to the Baltimore Ravens. That would have been salt in the wound. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, this, you know what I'm this saying? This is 2011. Yeah, this is when I was with the Patriots. So we would have played the Steelers, and we ended up playing the Broncos. And this is the story of what I tell you uh, offline about what Belichick said about Tebow. I can't say it on air whenever we had our team meeting. He knew he, he stunk, basically. Yeah, but what he said was something that can't be brought onto the yeah, air. Yeah, and ultra, ultra <laughs> hilarious. Like I was the only one that laughed in the room. And Tyquan Underwood, who's the receiver coach at Pitt now, he was on the team with me. He told me, like, I'll, like about a month before I, a month before that game, I signed with the Patriots, and he told me he's like, "Yo, like Belichick's really funny." He's really dry, but like, don't laugh because he's like testing you. And like, he hadn't been funny up until that moment. And I laughed and nobody laughed. And Taekwon was sitting like right in front of me, like in the auditorium or whatever, in the team meeting. And he looked back. He's like, I told you, I told you not to laugh. But I'll tell you offline what he said. The whole Tim Tebow experience, like Josh McDaniels, weirdly, that's who the Steelers are playing this week. Head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. How that guy got another job. Uh, I, I I mean, I get it because he was Brady's coordinator. And that offense was damn near unstoppable, and it evolved. It wasn't just the same thing, right? I mean, you had multiple tight ends, and then you'd spread it wide, and this and that. And they won a whole bunch of different ways with Josh McDaniels' offensive coordinator. Great coordinator, I think. Certainly helps to have Tom Brady. But when you go head over heels, fall head over heels in love with Tim Tebow, and you trot him out there week after week after week, and he's Tim freaking Tebow, and you get another shot in the NFL, good for you, man. Yeah, good for I, you. I mean, geez, ladies, good for you. Because Tebow, he was brutal. Brutal. And did they even have a winning record that year? Um, I, they were either 9-7 and seven or 8-8. Eight and eight. Now we're going down a Tim Tebow rabbit hole. I want to say that they were 9-7. and seven. That's 11. That, that, we have to have the year right. Yeah, because they, they, yeah. they played 16 back in. Mm-hmm. Back in, back in the old Back day. in. He only, man, Tim Tebow's career record was eight and six. What? Eight and six. That year, 2011, he was seven and four with the Broncos. Had a completion percentage. Oh, my God. 46 and a half. 12 touchdowns, six interceptions. Who started the other games? Was he, like, hurt? I'm trying to remember. Was it Orton? It was probably Orton. 
I never thought Orton. This is a weird play. We're just we're just vamping here, friends. Oh, I mean, yeah, we're, I we're mean, just we're, we're just talking. You know, we none of this counts. No. If you if you hate it, just stay with us. But if you like it, stay with us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. here's what's happening. We're just talking because Austin Bechtold's working on technical difficulties back there. Austin, are you good? We're figuring it out. Okay. Here's what I think we're gonna do. We're gonna take a break at some point, and you're just gonna fly blind and hit and hit it. And hit, well, can you even hit a break? Currently, there's nothing to hit. Okay, so what's happened here? Let's We're take you all the way behind the curtain here. The the computer that controls everything in here is blank, but it obviously is still running all of our audio. Are we actually live though? Yeah. Do we know oh, that yeah. for sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because right. we got people texting in four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Tebow never played in Candlestick in the playoffs, Crowley. It was Denver, you knucklehead. Yeah, I know. It was the Tebow season. Right, right. That's my fault. What happened was they lost the 49ers at the end of that year, the Steelers did. That's when the lights went out, remember? The lights went out, which then oddly it happened again in the Super Bowl between the 49ers and the Ravens. The lights went out. So they just, they're ghosts following around that 49ers team. But yeah, that, that year was the Tebow year. That's all I'm saying. You come on 30 minutes early to talk to you, but well, we didn't have anything prepared. What do you want us to talk about at 412-928-9370? You know what? Make it karaoke. We'll do requests. We'll do requests. Whatever you want to talk about, you throw it out there in the text line, 412-928-9370. We'll do requests. Where was I going with all that? It Kyle mattered. Orton. Oh, Kyle, Kyle Orton. When Rex Grossman was the quarterback in Chicago, I always, always thought Kyle Orton was the better player. He was good. And they always went with with Grossman. Mm-hmm. Grossman could throw it a mile. He had great arm strength, but he also was uh, he had a ten cent head. That guy he would throw in a double coverage all the time, thinking he was John Elway. Kyle Orton stats. That's what Kyle Orton. I trained with him during the lockout after my rookie season. He was forty two and forty in his career. Kyle Orton, go on. And like I, I remember him being there. I was training with Larry Fitzgerald, so he came to Minnesota. It was like me, Eric Decker, a couple other guys. Larry and uh, a couple quarterbacks in Orton, and I'm like thinking like Kyle Orton. You're like you know you hear Kyle Orton, you're like okay, he was just a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, Purdue and, kid. Yeah, Purdue guy. He had long hair, looked like uh, uh, Keanu Reeves, and he came. Keanu Reeves mixed with like John Cusack, <laughs> uh, and he came up. I'm like wow, he's first of all he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. He's like six five. I was like oh wow, that's Kyle Orton. Like cool. So we start throwing, and he's one of like three quarterbacks I've ever thrown with that every pass he threw. The ball would whistle. Mm. It would be like, that's, what, that's how you hear it. Like, I would run like a, a 10 yard hitch route, and the ball would be like, and I was like, oh my goodness. Like, this dude has a rocket. A rocket. He had an accurate. I was like, I can't believe that, like, he doesn't get his just due of being like a decent to really good quarterback in the NFL that as, could throw. As a rookie, he was 10-5 and five in Chicago. Yeah. Now he threw nine touchdowns and 13 interceptions, but still. What was that? Yeah, I know. In Denver, he threw 20-9 and nine in 2010. It's freezing in here. All right, now, now we're complaining about the climate control. I'm going to try something. Austin, I'm going to hit this start break button in here and see if it works. All right. We'll be back with more Kyle Orton, Tim Tebow talk next. Damn it, it didn't work. No, but it just rebooted as of 30 seconds ago. We're back. Oh, we're back? We're back. We're back! Which means we are not going to come back until 540. You hit your button door and see if it takes us into a commercial break. Your start break button. Hit the thing. Hit it! Fire it! Top. Should be your top button. All the way. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit it. 
Say things into the microphone. Until it worked? No, it didn't work. <laughs> oh, I'll hit it. We're going to go to break. Back after this. Ah, we are good. On the air. No issues detected. I'm Austin Bechtel with you. Fan Early Morning Show. So Warren Sharp is a football analyst, national analyst. Does a lot of things on his own. Some things for the ringer. Multifaceted. In the football world. Before I tell you about him, let me tell you about 84 Lumber. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work. At 84 Lumber, apply it. 84lumber.com. Here we go. So Warren Sharp, just like everybody else in the great U.S. of A., is trying to figure out what the problem is with the Steelers' offense. And specifically... Who should receive the most blame? I think most people understand that Kenny Pickett is not playing well, but also that Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator. So Warren Sharp, he goes into it, talking about the Matt Canada situation. It's a long video, but I want to break it down, pause it, get into it a lot. Now, yes, the Steelers have played some tough defenses and that the results are not very good, but Warren Sharp has found out that the process for the Steelers has been what's been the biggest issue. I did not want to record this video. I did not want to waste. This, I uncovered some things that were pretty eye-opening, you could say, disturbing is another way to phrase it, uh, about this offense. And it really has nothing to do with the defenses that they've played, which is what a lot of the excuses are. Well, they played some ridiculously good defenses, so. Yeah, they played against the San Francisco 49ers who have dismantled everybody. They beat the the Rams. It wasn't as clean of a game as you would expect from San Francisco, but it is their division rivals. The stadium was decked out probably 90% in 49ers red. And then last night, a win against the Giants at home. That ended up being San Francisco's home opener. Held the Giants only 12 points. A Giants team that's been beat up. No Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones continues to struggle. So, so far, San Francisco's 3-0. Yeah, Cleveland defense with Miles Garrett, who is significantly overrated when compared to T.J. Watt. At least Pro Football Focus doesn't think so. Sharp has more. So, you know, give him a pass, give him a pass. Here, here's the thing. Some of these statistics are, you may not know, uh, these first few. They're averaging only 19.6 yards per drive. 19.6 yards per drive. You know, all the three and outs that the Steelers have continuously put the, out there on the table. And, you know, that's worse than the NFL. The inability to stain anything, yeah, against San Francisco. And considerably in the first half where, in the second half as well, the defense outscored the offense, everybody, against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, obviously not going to win any football games when you take into account an Alex Highsmith pick six to start the game, a T.J. Watt scoop and score on an Alex Highsmith strip stack to win the game. Not looking great for the offense. Averaging about nine points a game, nine and a half. Worst in the NFL. Eight offensive points per game. Worst in the NFL. Um, 0.4 points per minute of possession. Worst in the NFL. To equate that uh, to like scoring a touchdown, they would need to have the ball for an average of 18 and a half minutes just to score the equivalent of one touchdown. That is just flabbergasting. 18 and a half minutes just to score one touchdown? And, you, you know, you really do think to yourself, 
okay, is, is this partly because Deontay Johnson didn't play this last week against Cleveland? Pat Fryermuth is going to have to be put on missing posters, take him out of witness protection program. He is absolutely lost, and I don't even think it's his fault. It's part of this whole equation of they're not utilizing him. The offensive line, not creating holes for Najee Harris, but it's working for Jalen Warren. Um, and only 52% of their first downs lead to another set of first downs. Okay. And that's just considerable amounts of three and outs that the Steelers continue to have. And a lot of the time, it just continued to eke and just bug me against Cleveland. Part of that, not being able to get another set of first downs when you need to. The Steelers punted on the Cleveland Browns side of the field when they were at between the 40 and 48-yard line three times. Three times against Cleveland. You get one more first down, sustain a drive, that's points. With how reliable Boswell is at Heinz Field, Akersher Stadium, how reliable he is from 50 yards out, especially inside 50 yards, you're looking at at least three there and taking points off the board, needing a punt in the opponent's territory. You know, these numbers stink. The worst in the NFL. We know that, though, right? What, what, what are we learning that's new? Well, here's what we're learning that's new. I'm going to share a few statistics here that have nothing to do with the defense. It's all about Matt Canada and his offense. And especially, this is all about Matt Canada. This is all about the system that he is running at this point. Or maybe the system that he is lack of running and is putting out there on the field. First. Okay. So Sharp goes into a passing chart between shotgun and under center. Every snap from every game so far. And it is, yes, a short sample size just through two weeks. But the results are staggering. Pass rates, shotgun versus under center for every snap all game long. These are pass rates when you are in shotgun. These are pass rates when you are under center. Now, teams don't really want to try to tip their hand. You don't want to expose, oh, we're going to definitely pass the ball here just because we're lined up in shotgun. Or oh, So you know when, Minka, you know when Patrick Peterson rather was talking about the San Francisco 49ers has tells in their offense that he thinks he's going to be able to grab an interception, which he didn't do. Had two opportunities, he said, but never made the play. Yeah, it seems like it's the complete opposite, and the Steelers have the most tell out of any offense in the NFL. Oh, we're definitely running the ball here just because we're under center. But look at where the Steelers are, okay? How, how big of an outlier. First of all, let's look at some of the good offenses, you know, the decent offenses. You got, like, the Niners and the Lions and the Chiefs, teams that are, like, in the middle where you're obviously going to trend more to the pass anyways when you're in shotgun, but, like, you're not such an outlier. Whereas the Steelers are over here, one of the 82% of the time that they are in shotgun, they are passing the football. The Steelers, I'm going to repeat that, 82% of the time when they're in their shotgun is passing the football. Some of the best teams in the NFL are right at 50-50. They're not tipping their hand. It's like a baseball pitcher tipping their pitches. You know what's coming. And the Steelers have been so predictable when they're in the shotgun, nobody expects them to run. When they're under center, Everybody expects them to run. And part of this is the mental aspect of you're not fooling anybody. Defensive coordinators are not stupid. They know what's coming. They've seen this Matt Canada offense now for this being the third season. There's nothing different than what we've seen in the first two years. 
and it's looking to be even worse than it was in years past. And only just over 10% of the time when they're in shot in when they're under center are they passing the football. In other words, no, around 90% of the time that they are under center, they're running it and over 80% of the time when they're in shotgun, they're passing it. If you want to play a guessing game, just, you know, guessing the snap count, guessing if it's going to be a run or a pass. Yeah, you don't have to guess with the Steelers. Because 80 to 90% of the time, you're going to be right. If the odds are 80 to 90% that you know what's coming, if I'm... Key Brian Hayes, who has lit the world on fire in the last two months for the Pirates. And if I know, or let's say, better example, I'm going up against the Houston Astros. Or I am the Houston Astros going up against an opposing pitcher during the banging trash can sign-stealing scandal. And you know a fastball's coming. And you know to sit fastball, how hard it is to play baseball, where they expect you to fail 70% of the time. If you hit 300, that's great. And you know what the pitcher's going to throw. You know the pitch before the pitcher even delivers it, and you know what to look for. If you you know that a breaking ball is coming, you know to expect off speed, and you know not to be so far out in front of it and expecting a fastball, that significantly changes what you're playing towards. That it significantly changes what to expect when... You're a batter. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing when you're a defense trying to play against the Steelers. And what play that they're going to potentially run. Here's more. This is, this is you're holding no cards up your sleeve as to what you're doing. This is one of the, you can see how far apart they are from all these other teams that are a little bit closer to, closer to. And some of those teams that are close to the middle, you're talking Kansas City, the Giants, who have been okay offensively, didn't score a touchdown against Dallas, and they're forty to nothing shellacking at home. Terrible last night against San Francisco. 49ers are right in that area too. The Steelers lost to in Week One. The Raiders, right by the Chiefs, at eighty percent. And then there's a mix of kind of bad teams: the Jets, New Orleans, Houston. But the Steelers, if you look at this chart, and I recommend you look it up, Warren Sharp on Twitter, to see this full video. The Steelers are at the bottom. They would fall off the chart if you cut off just a little sliver of it. 85% of the time in shotgun, they're, they're throwing it. Middle. They're just tipping their hand, and they don't care about what they're doing. And, they- and that's the thing. They don't care. It shows complacency from Matt Canada that he's not drawing anything up that is trying to Catch anybody off guard, fool anybody, jet sweeps. Yeah, those don't really fool anybody at this point in time either. You run them once a game, everybody knows it's coming. You can't give it to Gunner. You can't throw it to Gunner. You can't put Gunner on the field or else you'll fumble. Calvin Austin, yes, he has speed, but if you continuously tip your hand like this, it's not going to help anybody. They were sort of like this last year. This is a- Oh, they were sort of like this last year. And everybody last year wanted to fire Matt Canada three games in. It's the same thing two games in this year. Nothing has changed. He doesn't seem fearful at all that he could lose his job. And that says a lot about the Steelers organization, a lot about Matt Canada, maybe more so a lot about Mike Tomlin, that when you continue to fail and fail and fail, 
The definition of insanity is doing the same exact damn thing when you don't get different results that you need. A little bit more extreme this year. The last year they weren't good in this metric either. Um, so this is a big problem. This has nothing to do with the defenses that they face. This is we're lining up this way, and this is the type of play that we're calling, a pass or a run. And that's a massively helpful for defense. Um, let's talk about a couple of other things. The Pittsburgh Steelers are, uh, and Kenny Pickett, 60% of his early down passes in the first three quarters of games are outside the numbers. That's the fourth highest rate in the NFL. Passing the ball outside the numbers, those are difficult passes to complete. Um, and even though they have a very low ADOP because he's under pressure a ton, Throwing the ball outside wide, those passes travel about the same distance as a pass that's thrown a little bit deeper, but between the numbers. George Pickens scored from 71 yards out on a slant route. Give it to your playmakers in space and let them go. That's not going to be the case if you throw out routes. If you throw it out past the numbers towards the boundary, not as much room to run. You're working against a defender and the boundary, which is another defender on the sideline. And if you look at the different splits so far this season, the season is young, but the quarterbacks that Pickett is grouped with who are asked to throw the ball a lot outside the numbers um, and, and not as far down the field, we're talking guys like Kenny Pickett, Justin Fields. Justin Fields, who people are trying to call a bust at this point with the Bears, and might be the case. Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert is 0-2 and seemingly can't figure out anything with Brandon Staley. What a horrendous situation that that is with the San Diego slash L.A. Chargers, where probably still should be in San Diego. Herbert and Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, eh, the Cowboys traded for Trey Lance. How much do they really believe in him? All these guys, their completion percentages aren't very high, uh, and their yards per attempt aren't very high because they're not pushing the ball down the field very far, and they're trying to throw the ball really far to the perimeter. Now look at a lot of the more modern offenses that are throwing the ball more between the numbers, but a little bit deeper down the field. The pass is traveling the same true air yardage, not just vertical air yardage, but just true straight line air yardage, factoring in the horizontal element of it as well. Uh, these are quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff, Tua, and even Sam Howell. Yeah, those are all your top quarterbacks are going to be in the playoffs. Yes, Dak will probably be in the playoffs too. Maybe Justin Herbert, but as the way the Chargers have gone in recent years, that might not end up being the case. Even Sam Howell, well, at least Sam Howell, is better than Kenny Pickett at this point. And Washington, also off to a surprising start. What they're doing with Sam Howell, a lot more passes in the middle of the field that are a touch bit deeper. These quarterbacks then can average a little bit more yards per, yards per attempt um, and have a higher completion rate, and it's a little bit easier for them. Um, the other thing, the Pittsburgh Steelers, lowest rate of play action of any team, and they're not using enough motion. I mean, I'm going to read off a list here of some of the quarterbacks that rank top six in motion rate. Okay, I thought that the Mac Canada offense was supposed to be centered around motion, getting people moving out in space, doing the jet sweep fakes all the time to be able to get defenses guessing, which... Oh, clearly there's guessing. None of the defenses are doing against the Steelers when they're tipping their hand 85% of the time. They are throwing in the shotgun 90% of the time. They go under center. They're not going to throw it. Okay. Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes, Tua, Matthew Stafford, Jordan Love, and Desmond Ritter. Now, what do these quarterbacks have in common? They have in common that they're 
offensive-minded head coaches that got those jobs because they're really smart calling plays and understanding offense. Boom. And that's part of the problem here. The Mac Canada offense in college, it was a different thing. It was one of the best in the country for a year. Congratulations on all your success. This is not college. It's not the same. You have to be creative. I'm not saying you have to be Kyle Shanahan. You don't have to be Sean McVay. But you don't, 85% of the time, throw the football when you're in the shotgun and absolutely give your play calls basically away. I mean, it's just so telling for this team and where they are with Pickett missing a ton of throws. You wonder if his confidence, how much it might be shot. I don't think it really is. But, I mean, when you're working with Matt Canada and you can tell that things aren't working well, and Kenny Pickett has struggled to even throw slant routes over the middle. But yes, George Pickens did connect on one, but he threw it at the feet of Pickens on another play. He missed some routes behind Pickens. He was targeted the most out of anybody on the team, I think 11 times, four grabs. Wasn't good enough. Our friend Mark Caballi asked Matt Canada about the Fire Canada chance. Here's how we'll wrap up the show. You know, where some of the chance that they were saying, does that bother you personally, though, at all, at any point? I mean, I know there's, the answer is what it was. You know what I mean? I got great belief in, in where we're at and what we're doing. I'm in charge of the offense. It wasn't good. That's it. That's part of the deal. It's part of the chair. I... This is just a guy so naive to the current situation of where the Steelers are and himself. And you can tell he just is basking in the job security that he has. There's no sense of urgency from Matt Canada to change anything. And that's part of the issue that if it doesn't change against the Raiders, could present another horrendous outcome against this Vegas team where, yes, the Steelers did win last year. Due in part to Kenny Pickett in two-minute offense on the night they honored Franco Harris a couple days after his passing. That was just a night written in the stars that they had to win. Now you got to go to Vegas. It's been hard for the Steelers to win on the road against the Raiders. Remember that Terrell Pryor game? Yeah, completely different circumstances here, but now you got to go to the mecca of Vegas, and will Matt Canada change anything? I'm not naive to think that he will. Time will tell. Pre-show's next, 97 The Fam. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with america's best warranty and three years or thirty-six thousand miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.